We are on Dav Yud Bet Amad Aleph. Today's Shir again is in memory of Chaya Sarah Bashmol Umata Rivka. Um, we're continuing the uh, the brief. This, briefly, we'll just continue the discussion about the overlapping years that we ended up with yesterday, mentioning that the uh, the mistake in the years that Belshazzar made was because of being. Oh, he, uh, excuse me, he had one mistake, and there were also uh, overlapping uh, overlapping years. Okay, that's what Rabbi explains. Shanimakuta Otabu. Okay. Um, Okay. Tiny let me how Gemara says on top. There's a brighter that says the same thing. But od shana acheret libavel. There was an extra year for bavel. Ve'amad daryavish vishlima and daryavish Darius got up and completed it. Meaning that's what Rashi explains. A longer, longish Rashi here that explains it's a basic idea. The same idea that in Seder Olam, which sort of gives us a chronology, it tells us that there was like an extra year that was left off, and daryavish had to come in and sort of complete it because of these overlapping months that can count double uh, for two different years. All right. Nonetheless, Amar Rava, Rava goes on to say, Af Daniel Even Daniel had made a mistake in this calculation, and he makes a dig in the pasuk. It says, "Bishnat achat In the first year of his reign, Ani Daniel binoti bisfarim. I Daniel binoti, like I thought deeply about it. I meditated into the books. Like I was looking deeply in the books. Now the Gemara says, Midika'amar binoti, from the fact that he says, binoti michlal deta'a. And it implies that he had made a mistake previously, that he had to sort of like had to reinvestigate, like, oh man, what did the books actually say? Because we're not, that's not so clear, so he had to go back and look into it. That's, I guess, the, impl- the inference of binoti. Because it seems like everyone sort of thought about it a lot and had to. Well, I guess it's, I think it's, I think that's the implication of binoti bisfarim. Like I looked into the books, like it was something like, I guess that's the implication. I don't know exactly why it sounds so much like it was the. Uh, Doing that, but that's what that's what the implication. Okay, Mikol Malkum nonetheless says the Gemara, Kashu Kray Ahadadi. Really, there is a, a seemingly uh, contra- a seeming contradiction between the Psukim. The Psukim seems to be uh, having uh, contradicting each other. Steve, it says on the one end, Meloot LeBavel. Now, when you complete for Bavel seventy years, right? That was one of the Psukim we saw yesterday. Uchtiv LeCharvot Yerushalayim. It also says for the destruction of Yerushalayim. And he said that was the, the, the mistake that Belshazzar made was that he thought it was a seventy years from uh, Bavel, but really it's seventy years from the destruction of Yerushalayim. But that is a contradiction. There are two Psukim that indicate two different things. So Amar Rava LePikida BeAlma. Rava says the, when it says LeMelot Bavel, Melot LeBavel, that was for remember, merely remembering, meaning not to rebuild the Beit Hamikdash per se, but but the beginning of the process when the Jews would be allowed to go back and and go back to Eretz Yisrael. Behind you, Dichtiv, and this is what it means when it says in the pasuk in Ezra, Ko Amar Koresh Melech Paras. This is what Koresh, the king of Paras, said. Ko Mamlachot Aretz Natanli Hashem Elokai Elokeo. Uh, all the nations of the world, God, the uh, the Lord of the heavens, gave to me. And He sort of uh, commanded me to build him a house in Jerusalem. Okay, so the word pakadalai um, is a saying that that's what Korah sort of intended. The Korah sort of gave the people the right to go back to uh, Eretz Israel, but he doesn't actually go ahead and really rebuild the Beit Hamikdash. Okay, so that's sort of the point that uh, they started building the Beit Hamikdash, but it's not really about the uh, completion of the process. It's really like to to start the process. So that's the distinction. Darish Rav Nachman Bar Rav Chista. Rav Nachman Bar Rav Chista also was Dorish. This pasuk might be chdi, but it doesn't mean it says Ko Amar Hashem Limshicho LeKorish Asher Hachazakti Bimino. It says so said the God to His anointed one to Korish, who I 
held his right hand, that guy strengthens his right hand. Was Korish the Mashiach? I don't think so. Rather, Hashem said to the Mashiach, Kovel ani alecha, where am I? So I'm going to, like, I think it means I complain uh, to you about uh, Koresh, about, um, because I said he should build my Beit HaMikdash and, and gather my exiles. And he said to the people, whoever among you from his nation can go up. Meaning that I wanted Koresh to be much more active and actually rebuild the Beit HaMikdash. And instead he was like, if you guys want to go, I'm going to give you permission to go. Which isn't really as active as I want him to be. And that's the, that's the diuk that Rav Nachman Bar of makes. Yeah. I can't just see that anointed one and that he was a king and therefore was anointed. It could be. I, I guess... Um, He's not a Jewish king though, so he wouldn't have the Shem HaMishchai. But he would still, like, in those times... I, mean, I, I, think, I think if we said Mashiach, it would be one thing if we said Mishicho, it implies that he is, like, Hashem's Mashiach, Hashem's anointed one. As we're saying, with some sort of, like, um, like divine intervention, God knowing that Torah should be the one to give the declaration to allow the to like Israel, chose that he should be the one to king of Persia. So I, 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 don't, I don't think you could you would argue that this is the only explanation possible. I think that's a, it's a drasha, right? Like I think that's what it's saying. Like you want to read into the pasuk and sort of see this idea. So it's, it, it, there's evidence there, right? To worry about the mashiach. Uh, okay, now we're going to get back into the actual analysis of some of the uh, or some of the agadatot on the Megillah itself. It says Cheo paras umadai hapartamim. It says the uh, the legion and the soldiers of paras umadai the partamim. Uchtivan it says the Madayu Paras for the kings of Madayim Paras. And what we're noticing here is the, the the switching of the order. For the Partimim it says Parasu Madai, and for the kings it says Madai and then Paras. So Amarava, Rava wants to explain this distinction and says as follows Atnuye Atnu Bahadade, they made stipulations with each other, they made conditions. Right, so they say basically, if you guys, if from us will have the kings, then you guys will have the ministers. If we, have, if uh, if you guys have the kings, we'll have the ministers. I guess that's the idea. The parasu madai hapartumim, and then says, "Oh, machay madai paras." Okay, so flips it that way. Okay, baharoto et osher kavod malchuto. It says when Achashverosh was showing off the wealth and the like, the glory of his kingdom. Amar abiosi barchanina melamid shalavash bigdei kehuna. This actually teaches us that he wore the. Priestly vestments, the coin, got the, the coins, coins, clothes. Why? Well, make a linguistic connection. Here it says um, the uh, like the uh, what was it like the honor of his um, glorious greatness or greatness uh, majesty, something like that. It says by the big takeuna lechavod ulutifaret. So you have the same words here, tifaret and yikar and kavod are very similar words too. So I guess that's the idea. That's the hit that he wore the big day kuna. That's how he showed off his wealth. When these days were completed, the Gomer, so Rav Shmuel, Rav Shmuel argued about this pasuk. Once that he was a very wise king, once that he was a very stupid king. So this is the, he brings the Mishteh, so he has the Mishteh for the people who were 
um, from far away first, and then he has the Bnei Shushan. So the first opinion says he was very wise. Why? Um, first he brought those who were far away close. That's initially, Beresha at the beginning. And why? Did Bnei Mate, because the people of his town, of his place, call Ema Dubai, whenever he wants to, he could appease them. So you have to actually keep the people who are far away um, happy, because you can always make the people who are close happy. And the one who says, though, he was stupid, that you really should have made the people who are from his town, from his, from his place, bring them close first. Why? Because if these other ones, the people from far away, would be morayed, would rebel, you'd have these who would stand with them. Right, I mean, the local people. So the truth is, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't seem to be like uh, so clear one way or the other. It seems like different uh, sort of like political considerations. Okay. So the students of Rishon Baruchai asked, "Why did the now it says Sonein Shal Yisrael?" But we know that it means actually the Jews, not the haters of the Jews uh, from that generation. Why do they deserve destruction? Marlaham, he says, "Imratem." He's a very good teacher. He says, "Why don't you guys? What do you guys say?" That's a good teacher technique. They said, well, because they enjoyed the meal, right, the feast of that evil man, of Achashverosh. Okay, so, um, so he responded to them, and that's a famous line, right? So he says, Well, if that's the case, only the people in Shushan should be killed, not the people in the rest of the world, because they didn't come to the feast. Amrulo, so they said to him, okay, and Moratas, and then you say, I mean, like, <laughs> we asked you a question, you said we should say an answer, we said an answer, you knocked us down, so you say it then. Amrulahan, Mipnesha Hishtahavula Tselem, it's because they bowed down to the idol. Amrulo, they said to him, Mechim Masopani Mishbadavar, Masopani means that they're like, um, Hashem show favor in this matter, meaning, it's, if you're telling me that B'nai Israel sinned so severely that they were worshiping an idol, essentially, so then why did God, so that explains why Hashem got angry and they had to sort of be punished by having come on rise to power and want to destroy them. But then you have to ask the question, well, why did Hashem save them? I mean, that's the question here. They only did it to, I guess I would say, save face. That's like, I guess, the language. So Hashem also did it in a way of like, sort of just like a very um, surface level. Okay, behind the Dikhlib, and this is what it means in the puzzle. It says in Echa, Kilo Ina Milibo. He doesn't oppress from his heart. I mean, God doesn't desire to hurt us. It's just sometimes he has to sort of show a little, uh, you know, flex his muscles a little bit to show us, uh, you know, what's what. And then we can understand the, uh, understand what we need to do. Okay, so far so good? Okay. Moving along, Bachatsar Ginat Bitan Hamelech. Okay, so it was in the, uh, the courtyard of the, of the garden of the palace of the king. So it's kind of a confusing, like, where was the party exactly? So Rabu Shmuel, the Rabu Shmuel argued about this too. Chan Amar HaRa'u'i LeChatser LaChatser, HaRa'u'i LeGina LeGina, HaRa'u'i LeBitan LeBitan. So one of them said it was basically three different levels of entering the, the feast, the party. If you were suitable for the courtyard, you went to the courtyard. If you were suitable to go, I guess, closer in and go to the garden, you went to the garden. And if you are suitable to go to the palace, you entered all the way into the palace. What's the significance of that argument? That's a fair question. Um... Again, we can, again I, you know, obviously in the case, we're going to just sort of rush through it. You know, if you want to think about it, what does it mean in terms of like sort of like differentiating, making different types of people and different classes, you know, does that, what does that do for you? The Chanamar, Hoshivan the Chatzer, once said, no, he put them all in the courtyard. The Lohachzi Katan, 
so, but it didn't hold them. I mean, it was too many people. Bagina, so they went to the Gina. They, like, they spilled over into the Gina, into the garden. And also didn't hold them until they got to come into the um, palace. And that, and that helped them. Okay? Okay. B'madnita Tana, it taught us in the Ebrita, Hoshivad Bechatzer, he placed them in the Chatzer first, Upatach Lahem Shnei Prachim, and he opened two entrances, Echad Ligina Bechad Libitan. So the, the main party was in the, was in the uh, Chatzer, and he had two other places to go. You can go to the Gina also, and you also go to the palace. All right. Um, moving along, the, uh, he said what was going on there, they had Chur, Karpas, Utechelet. Chur, Karpas, and Techelet. So we know Techelet is. We call it Tchelet, we kind of know this, but the Gemara says, My Chur. What is Chur? So Ravamar, Chare, Chare. Rashi explains, Chare, Chare means from the word Chur, like holes. It's a type of needlework, needlepoint that has uh, a lot of holes in it, I guess. Uh, maybe there's a word for that type of thing, I don't know, lace or something like that. Um, so that's what they had, like that's, uh, the, these hangings, you know, I guess were very fancy. Ushmolamar, Milat Levana Hitzia Lahem. He said that he spread out for them a, uh, a, a carpet of white wool. Okay, so that was the chur. I think it's because the word chiver in Aramaic, chet vavresh, is white. So that's, what was hari, hari holes? yeah, like a lace work or something, or some type of thing, I don't know. Yeah. Um, karpas, so what's karpas? So it's not some type of vegetable that we dip in salt water. Get it? Amar of Yosi Barchanina, whatever. I've been waiting all day for that joke. Amar of Yosi Barchanina, whatever. Karim Shabbasim. Karim Shabbasim. So Karim Shabbasim means it is a. Karim um, uh, is like a, like a pillow, like a cushion of Pasim. Uh, I saw in the translation, Sfari, it says velvet. So I would have said, I would have said Pasim is like uh, striped, kind of like we say, like Yosef has the Kutona Pasim. But I think that translation here is velvet type of material. Okay, that's carpas. I got to play on words. Carpas. Velvet pillows. Velvet pillows. Yeah, velvet cushions. Yeah. Uh, so it says on uh, like pillars of silver. Uh, um, yeah, like pillars of uh, of uh, or, or rods of silver and pillars of sheish of marble. Um, and then it says mitot zahav vakesef beds or couches of gold and silver. So what's that? So Tanya Rabbi Yudomer. So there are different types of couches or whatever they can lie on. So those who were suitable for silver couches were on silver, silver ones. Those who were suitable for golden ones got golden ones. That's what's mitot So There are two types of mitot. But Rabbi says, yeah, but if that's the case, you would um, arouse jealousy at the meal because it would be sort of this class system, you know, based on who you, know, who you are. So So it means that the couches were made of kasef, uh, but the legs of the couches were made of gold. Okay. Bahat vashesh. So bahat vashesh. Shesh is marble, but bahat, we're not so sure exactly what that is. So Amravasi Avanim Shemitchotot Alba'alehem. So Bahat, I guess you, the Ted here, I guess, is sort of uh, the key word there. And the He and the Chet can switch. So it's like Mitchotot. So Mitchotot. So it, so the, again, I'm looking at the Safari just for the, the translation. Because I'll, I'll show you Rashi, just without any particular translation. Rashi is Mitchotot Alba'alehem. He says, Ritzpa Asalehem. He made because um, it said of ritzpat bat vashesh, it's a, it's a floor bat vashesh. So he made them a, a ritzpat floor of avanim chatutot. 
stones that you have to acquire through much hard work. I think it's almost like you have to scurry around, find them, to like acquire them. And finally, you can buy them for a very expensive uh, price. So the, the Sfari says that means to, it ingratiates themselves with the owners. I don't know exactly how that... Maybe I don't. I thought ingratiate makes it to make someone like like you, but um, I don't know. So I, I don't know exactly how that works. But maybe it comes from some root that I'm not aware of. Um, but anyway, the idea is that's, that's the idea that you have to sort of like seek out this uh, this material. Okay, so it's very. The point is that's very fancy. And similarly, it says in the pasuk like stones of the crown, the nazar is a crown which are like glittering on the on, over the over his land, over his. Uh, okay, so that's uh, I guess it's. I'm not sure. What, so that sounds like. What do you mean bechein hu omer? What do you mean bechein hu omer? Like what's similar about Avne nazar and the these avanim? So Rukh Rashi bechein hu omer shamikram mishabeach avanim yikarot. I think what's saying is that the the pasuk is praising um, expensive uh, stones. Okay. Uh, right, mitnosisot is like nisayon, like it takes a lot, it's like a trying thing to be able to acquire that. Um, and that's, I guess, the idea that, uh, that you have to sort of, like, you, like if something that's really desirable is worthy of praise. That's what's saying here also. It's fat, bat, vashesh, vashesh, you have the floor of marble and bahat, so you have these uh, really fancy, expensive stones. Okay. Vidar v'socharet. So it also says dar and socharet. So what's dar and socharet? That's the end of the pasuk there. Rav Amar dare dare. Rav says it's dare dare. It means, Rashi says it means rows and rows. Okay? So if it rows and rows, I guess there were like, uh, um, like rows of these stones, I guess. And also, I think uh, Rashi points out the same, uh, the socharet also would be like, uh, socharet would be lashon, yeah, schor, schor, which means sort of like all around. I, I think like schor, schor is like schora, which means um, like merchandise. So the merchant implication is that like you have to like travel a lot to be able to uh, to go all around to sell your way to buy your stuff and also sell your wares. So here too, they're all over. Okay, that's what I mean. So dar uh, uh, right? means they're all over. He says there's a precious uh, stone in the uh, the cities of the sea. I guess like over the Mediterranean or something like that. Vidarashma. It's called a dara. And hoshiva suudas. They put it in the middle of the meal. I don't know, like on the table or something, or hung it. And I guess because it, like all the light would sort of like reflect off of it, it would light up the room like it was the afternoon. I guess even if it was nighttime. They would do that. Rashi puts out that's the word Soharit as well. Soharit comes from the word Lashon Sahara. Sahara is the moon, which also provides light in the darkness. So that's the idea there. Okay? Um, okay. I think that's also what the word Soharaim is like. Sahara, Sahara, something like that. Debe Rabbi Ishmael Tana, taught in the Bay Majid Rabbi Ishmael, Shekara Duror Lechobale Sechora. So dar v'socharet is a separate thing that he called a uh, like freedom for all the merchants, meaning that freedom from tax. Okay, so he was able to, he relieved the tax. So that's dar v'socharet. Okay. So they drank from these uh, golden vessels and also different types of kelim. Um, so it says mishunim mibayle. It shouldn't say kelim shonim. It should say mishunim, like unusual kelim. 
So Amar Rava, so Rava explains, therefore, it says as follows, Yatsta Batkol, a heavenly voice came out, Fiamralahem, and said to them, Rishonim Kalu Mipnei Kelim, Fiatem Shonim Bahem, meaning the earlier kings were destroyed because of these Kelim. Remember, we had all these stories where they tried to bring out the Kelim of the Beit HaMikdash, and that caused their downfall, because they did it too early, whatever. And now he's saying, you are Shonim, you're doing it again, like Shonet is like to, to double, right, to do it a second time, like Shnaim. So you're doing that's that's Kalim Shonim. Like he brought the, he brought them out again. That's like the same move that they keep making to bring out the Kalim of the Beit HaMikdash. So that's like the Bakal saying, like that was a big mistake. The Yain Machud Rav, it says that the the wine of the kingdom was in abundance. Is it Kiyad Hamelach, as the king uh, could afford? Amarav, what does it mean? Yain Machud Rav, Melamesha Kol Echad Beachad Hishkehu Yain Shagadol Himenu Bishanim. So what's Yain Machud Rav? Rav means old. That each person was, was served wine that was older than him in years. Okay, that's a really cool idea, actually. It's pretty... Uh, I think if you age, I think if you age it properly, more I mean, store it properly. Yeah, sure if you if you don't store it properly, then it will. But if you store it properly, then... okay, that's why that's very cool. That's like a cool thing. Like I get a lot of money. That's pretty neat. Like everyone gets to drink wine that's older than they are. That's a cool idea. Um, okay, so that was the idea. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this juice box is older than me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it says, so it's a little bit of a strange puzzle. The drinking was according to the law. Kadat, it's not clear if you have to include that phrase here or not. Enones means there's no one like, forcing you to do it. My kadat, what does it mean according to the law? Like, why is it the law? Amr of Hanam Mishim Abimeir, kadat shel Torah. It's like the law of the Torah. Meaning, when we say law of the Torah, the implication here is like eating from the Mizbech, meaning Korbanot. Ma'dat shel Torah achila mirubam mishtiya. Just as the law of the Torah, when it comes to Korbanot, there's more eating than drinking, meaning the Mizbeach has much more meat on it than it has drink on it. Just a little bit of uh, wine gets part of the Mizbeach for a large amount of meat. There too, they had more eating than drinking. You guys should think deeply about what you think, what you think that means, more eating than drinking. In Ones, there's no compelling. So there's no forcing you, meaning that it taught us that each person there was served wine from his own province, his own Medina. I guess it would feel like very uh, comfortable, you know, where you were. Like, oh, I'm being forced to drink this wine from this other place where I'm not so familiar with it. Like, it's not so enjoyable. The comforts of home, that's like the best type of... Uh, you know, uh, serving. Okay, lasot kertzon ish ish to do according to the will of uh, each every man. So Amarava lasot kertzon Mordechai vehaman is to follow the Mordechai and Haman. They're going to be identified as the ish. Mordechai dichtiv ish Yehudan ish tsar veoyev. So Mordechai is the ish Yehudi, the Jewish man, and Haman is the uh, sort of evil enemy man. Rashi points out when it says that it's according to the will of Mordechai and Haman, it's that they were the butlers. They were the ones giving out the wine. So that they were sort of determined how you got your wine. That's what Lasot Kerton Ishva Ish is. Again, also probably much to think about here. Sisters will bring us to the end of today. Vashti also made a Mishte Beit Hamachut. She made it in the Beit Hamachut in the king's house. Beit Hanashim, she should have done it in the Beit Hanashim, in the house of the women. Amarava service says we'll have supposed we'll, we'll infer from here some nefarious intents. Uh, intents. Both Achashverosh and Vashti intended for Dvar Avera, uh, meaning that she, I guess, wanted to be near the men so that they could be sort of like uh, mix inappropriately with the men, and Achashverosh wanted to bring her in so that he could be so that he could be with the women. 
Anyhow, Hainu Damri Inshe, that's what the people say. There's like a folk saying, Ihu Bekare Veitite Bebotini. He is with uh, pumpkins and she is with zucchinis. Meaning, both, meaning, I mean, <laughs> it's, a nice, it's, a, it's, a good, it's a good phrase, isn't it? The idea would be that a husband and wife are basically kind of similar. So maybe he uses uh, one, one, word, one type of gourd, but she adds another type of gourd. I mean, they both have the same intentions in mind, they both kind of think the same way, and that's really what's going on. We'll stop here.